Hello and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things black and gold, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Friday, October 11th, and I regret to inform you that Jake DeBrusque is pissed off, and therefore so am I, and therefore so should you be. Before we get into that, I want to let you know that you can keep up with the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast by following the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can also find me on Twitter at Ian C. McLaren. Please subscribe to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcasts wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. And while you're there, please also rate and review. To kick off today's show, I'm going to lament last night's loss to the Colorado Avalanche and explain just exactly why Jake DeBrusque is pissed off. Coming up a little later, we'll tee up the weekend action with uh, a couple games that the Bruins have coming up on Saturday and Monday afternoon. And then, of course, as we do every day, we'll take a look around the NHL and uh, what's making news around the league but first, we look back to Thursday night's loss to the Colorado Avalanche. The Bruins lost their first game of the season by a score of 4-2 to two at the hands of the Avalanche um, to wrap up their season-opening road trip, again, with a record of 3-1. and one. Um, It was a, a pretty successful road trip, all things considered, although the Bruins, after last night's game, were kind of lamenting the fact that they had opportunity to cap it off uh, with another win but there were a couple calls that did not go their way and uh, overturned goals that resulted in uh, the win for the avalanche the first was a goaltender interference call on David Krejci that wiped out a Carson Kuhlman goal and then the second was an offside call that negated a goal by Jake DeBrusque um After the game, David Krejci said, it's obviously frustrating to lose the last game. We felt like we had a good start, a couple of tough bounces. Overall, six out of eight points is not bad, but we feel in here we easily could have had eight. And, you know, that's uh, just kind of how hockey goes. It would have been amazing to have the Bruins come home for their season home opener on Saturday against the New Jersey Devils with a perfect 4-0-0 record. Uh, Alas, that's not the case. It's they're three and one, and all things considered, it's still a successful road trip. I personally would have been happy if they came home with a two and two record at the very least. Uh, but the fact that they were able to beat Dallas, Arizona, and Vegas before falling to Colorado um, is, all things considered, a, a pretty good start to the season. And um, you know, it's easy to lament those extra two points that they could have gotten and uh, at least it wasn't due to poor play or that they were uh, kind of rolled off the ice by Colorado but you know it's these two uh, calls that did not go their way that's uh, kind of extra frustrating in some ways Um, and you know there's that's just how hockey goes sometimes Um, again the first the Bruins could have gone up by a score of three to one uh, when Kuhlman, uh, off a great pass from Jake DeBrusque, Kuhlman 
shot it off the post and into the back of the net past Philip Grubauer. It was a very nice play. Got me out of my seat, that's for sure. But um, it was determined that Krejci hindered Grubauer's ability to stop the shot by being in Grubauer's crease. Uh, Cassidy of that call, he said the goalie interference, as it was explained to us, it was going to be egregious calls. He's just referring to kind of that uh, goaltender interference in general, as it's been over the last few seasons. Um, that's what the challenge was for. He said it didn't look egregious to me, but that's why they call. That's why that's what they call. Yes, he repeated that last part twice, just for effect, I guess. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, they upheld that goaltender interference call. Krejci, yeah, he made contact with Grubauer kind of on the edge of the crease, but ultimately it was deemed enough to negate that goal. And instead of the Bruins taking a 3-1 lead, uh, the score remained uh, 2-1, and then Colorado went on to tie the game shortly thereafter, second period. Now the Bruins appeared to take the lead back in the Third period as they began uh, the final frame on the power play. Pasternak uh, sent an amazing behind-the-back feed to Jake DeBrusque, and he roofed uh, a wrist shot past Grubauer to make it 3-2. Colorado challenged for offside, and following another review, the goal was wiped away as it was determined that Pasternak's skate entered the avalanche zone just before Patrice Bergeron carried the puck in. And that was all well over a minute before Jake DeBrusque's goal. Um, And this is where Jake DeBrusque kind of sounded off after the game and said that he was pissed off. He said, of course, it's frustrating. That would have been his first uh, goal of the season. And he had already lost his first assist of the season earlier on the goal that was wiped off by Kuhlman. He said, anytime you get production finally and it gets taken away from you twice, It's just one of those things where you almost don't believe it. But at the same time, that's how things are going for me. He added, I scored and had an assist tonight. They got pulled back. We should have won this game 4-2, not considering the goals that were later scored. But um, those weren't goals, I guess he said. One was offside. One was goalie interference. They looked at it, and that's how it was. I don't think it's going to snowball but it definitely pissing me off for sure. I don't know if that snowball reference was a, an avalanche pun, but if so, well done, Jake. More likely it was uh, just kind of voicing his frustration. And uh, yeah, he could have got his first two points of the season, but alas, they were taken away from him. And uh, Avalanche went on to score... Third, their third goal uh, with about 7.06 remaining, uh, Andre Burakovsky and then Gabriel Landeskog added an empty netter with uh, with about a minute to go to seal the deal. Yaroslav Halak, he said, we played hard, we battled. It's a tough building to come in and play. I thought for the most part we did a good job playing hard. A hard way to end the road trip when two goals were taken away from us. We can't really focus on that. We've got to put it behind us. And take the positives and get ready for Saturday. And of course, that next game Saturday is uh, their home opener against the Devils. Uh, hopefully, the frustration by then has passed and that they can kind of put things in perspective and realize that they're coming home with a three and one record with four games played on the road. Um, and Cassidy, he said, We're in a results oriented business. We won three games, we lost one. Um, 
today, referring to last night's game, you can argue that might have been one of our best ones in a lot of ways. So it's frustrating to have lost that, um, being their best performance. Uh, but he added, we're just going to look at it that, talk about what we did well. We're no different than anyone else. Just keep building our game. And again, that's just the way hockey goes sometimes. You get the bounces, you get the calls. And uh, it's kind of hilarious that um, the Avalanche video coach was given the third star of the game by the uh, home broadcast for having one, two challenges on the night. So it just goes to show you, um, yeah, just having that, that keen eye and being willing to make those challenges. Um, it pays off sometimes. And uh, that's just the way things go. Now, the frustrating thing from Bruins' perspective also is that it would have been nice to get some of the secondary scoring going. Um, the top line of Bergeron, Pasternak, and Marchand has been carrying the load once again. And, uh, you know, the second line found the back of the net uh, twice in this game. Both goals were, were wiped out. Um, David Krejci said, he, we know there's some room to improve. We felt like it was coming along. Some parts of the game uh, haven't been sharp enough. We have to be better next time. He continued, I thought, with the puck, we made lots of things happen, which is always nice. Uh, but good offense starts from good defense. We did that for some part of the game, but we've got to keep it up for a full 60 minutes. I feel like as a line, we haven't done that, and we have to work on that. And he's referring to himself, uh, DeBrusque, and um, Carson Kuhlman, who's been... Um, playing on that line for the time being. Um, so yeah, frustrating for sure. And, uh, you know, something for the Bruins to build off as they return home for the home opener Saturday, uh, against the devils. Now, if you're interested in going to that game or any other game for that matter, I would recommend the vivid seats app. Vivid seats is a top source for tickets for all live events you want to go to. You can sort by price, look for seats in the section and row of your choice, all in the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back. It's called Vivid Seats Rewards, and you can earn double credit from up to 10 to 16% on all your purchases through the Vivid Seats app. All you have to do is go to the App Store or Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app, automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. Every purchase is backed by a 100% guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest shows in town, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app, join the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program today. Enter promo code POSTSEASON at checkout and receive a discount of up to $100. That's Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program and the Vivid Seats app. Download it today and get started. Now it's time to take a quick uh, look at the Bruins weekend ahead. It's a long weekend in both Canada and down in the States with uh, Thanksgiving here in Canada, Columbus Day in America, meaning there will be some afternoon action on Monday and the Bruins will be hosting the Anaheim Ducks, uh, which we'll talk about uh, Monday morning. So look for that on Monday's podcast before that, uh, as I mentioned, the Bruins will play their home opener Saturday against the New Jersey Devils. 
The New Jersey Devils were uh, looked to be much improved heading into this season with the additions of P.K. Subban, uh, rookie and number one overall pick Jack Hughes, uh, Nikita Gusev, Wayne Simmons, among others. Uh, at the moment, they are at the bottom of the Metropolitan Division with a record of 0-2-2 to begin the season. They have a minus 11 gold inferential, having scored 9 and allowed 20 in uh, four games so far. So the Bruins may be able to rebound from this loss to the Avalanche quite quickly uh, if they play their cards right. Um, Obviously, the Devils will be motivated to get their first win of the season and uh, would love nothing more than to do that sooner than later. Uh, But uh, they have been easy pickings so far uh, among the competition that they have faced. And to be honest, it's not as if they have been playing world beaters so far. They Lost in a shootout in their opener to the Jets. Uh, They were beaten 7-2 by the Sabres. They lost 4-0 to the Devils. And then just last night, Thursday, they were beaten 4-3 by the Oilers in a shootout. So, you know, not top competition that they faced, although the Sabres, Flyers, and Oilers are off to great starts. Uh, But still, the, the Bruins should be able to take advantage of the lowly Devils in their home opener. Uh, come Saturday night. Just a quick update on where the Bruins stand after last night's loss to the Avalanche. They're currently uh, tied for second in the Atlantic Division, one point back of the division-leading Buffalo Sabres. They're 3-0-1 for a a division-high seven points. The surprising Detroit Red Wings are 3-1, identical record to the Bruins, but they're technically ahead by way of their plus three goal differential, uh, which is better than Boston's, who now has a plus one goal differential. Tampa Bay Lightning uh, beat up on the Maple Leafs on Thursday night. Uh, So they're in fourth place ahead of Toronto, who's tied with five points through five games. And they have a disappointing uh, minus one goal differential to date. Uh, having scored 19, given up 20. So that's just kind of the lay of the land for the Bruins uh, heading into the weekend. They'll play, like I said, New Jersey on Saturday and a high Monday afternoon, and then they're off until Thursday when they'll face a test in the in the form of the Tampa Bay Lightning before a home-and-home with the Maple Leafs and then a date with the Blues later on this month. So that's what's coming up for the Bruins. Um, it would be nice for them to get wins against the Devils and the Ducks before uh, facing this very tough competition. Although the Ducks won't be easy prey considering John Gibson is off to an amazing start for them. Uh, But yeah, that's just a quick look at what the Bruins have coming up. Devils on Saturday, Ducks on Monday, uh, and I hope to have a pod up Monday morning to kind of preview that Ducks game and uh, take a look back at the Devils game. As we do every day, we'll now take a quick look at some news around the NHL. Now, I don't know about you, where you get your NHL news, but I like every morning to visit Spectres Hockey. It's a site put together by a guy named Lyle Richardson, and he has really great uh, 
headlines, recaps, and um, rumors of the day. So I, I recommend checking that out if you have a chance. In case you missed it last night, Patrick Marlowe in his re-debut with the San Jose Sharks, he scored two goals in a win over the Chicago Blackhawks in that game as well. Brent Burns scored his 200th NHL career goal. So a big night for for those two uh, integral players for the Sharks. Actually, Marlowe's probably not very integral anymore, but it's nice to see him back kind of where he belongs, where we all are used to seeing him and uh, contributing for a Sharks team that desperately needed a, a win. Uh, Patrick Laine of the Jets, he scored twice and collected two assists uh, in a, a big outburst game for him. Uh, he missed a lot of training camp, uh, but he's currently tied with Connor McDavid for top spot in NHL scoring. So uh, looks like he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder after settling for a, a two-year bridge contract with the Jets. And uh, he is kind of where... We all thought he might be after being selected second overall uh, behind Austin Matthews as a, you know, a premier scorer, not known as much for his playmaking, but uh, he's uh, leading the league with 10 points. Like I said, tied with uh, Connor McDavid. Braden Point made his debut for the Tampa Bay Lightning last night, and he, Nikita Kucherov and Steven Stamkos each had four points in uh, that 7-3 win over the Maple Leafs that I referred to uh, yesterday. Uh, actually, if you follow Elliot Friedman on Twitter, uh, you'll know that he uses crazy abbreviations before every game, and he uh, referred to that game as Ling versus Meefs. I did some digging, and uh, Meef on Urban Dictionary actually refers to uh, armpit, and uh, it was pretty fitting because the Leafs sure stunk the joint out last night with a 7-3 loss on home ice to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, so that was that. And, uh, what else did we have going on last night? You know what? That's pretty much it. There were some games that were played, but, uh, that's all we need to know from a Bruins perspective. Uh, I think apart from, like I said, the Detroit Red Wings, uh, eclipsed the Bruins, uh, by scoring four goals against the Montreal Canadiens, Anthony Mantha picked up his sixth goal of the season, so he remains pretty hot. And also, I should mention that Alexander Ovechkin scored two goals for the Capitals, and he is rising the ranks of the game's great power play scorers and might end up actually breaking that record sometime in the not-too-distant future. He's now at 249 power play goals, Timo Solani has 255, Brett Hull 265, and Dave Andrutuk 274. So he's already, uh, yeah, on his way to breaking that record within the next few years, which is uh, unbelievable. He's such a joy to watch, and we're very blessed to be living in the age of Ovechkin. Uh, I guess I'll mention this as well. In a recent uh, mailbag segment called The Hag Bag, Joe Haggerty of NBC Sports, he was asked whether the Bruins should package defenseman Yerho Vakaninen for a scoring winger. Um, you know, that's a tough one with Zdeno Chara aging. Vakaninen's probably the future of the left side of the blue line. Um, and he's just kind of scratching the surface of his ability. 
Um, Haggerty mentioned the possibility of evaluating the likes of Vakaninen, McAvoy, Matt Grizzlich during the season to see whether or not they should shop Tory Krug for a scorer before the trade deadline. Uh, we've mentioned Krug's looming contract situation. He's set to become an unrestricted free agent at uh, the end of this season. So Haggerty seems to be suggesting that perhaps they should shop Krug if uh, McAvoy takes a big step forward, if Grizzlich takes a big step forward, and if Vakaninen can step into the NHL lineup. Um, he also Haggerty also thinks that maybe they can move on from Danton Heinen if a younger player in the AHL, maybe uh, Anders Bjork, uh, outperforms him. Um, you know, there's a lot of hockey to be played before the deadline. Krug and the Bruins seem to be talking uh, contract extension and uh, failing that, you know, even holding on to him through the deadline and through the season is kind of a, an own rental situation. So I don't really see that as an option unless they're blown away by uh, some offers as the trade deadline approaches. Um, so, yeah, I don't really see Krug or Heinen being traded uh, anytime soon. Coyle and Heinen have looked uh, pretty good together. The trouble is that they've been kind of anchored by the right side, which has been a mix of David Backus or uh, Brett Ritchie. Uh, they really need some speed and skill to offset um, their strong possession games, not guys who are slow and, uh, you know, don't really, uh, have the ability to hang out with them. So, um, I think apart, instead of moving on from Heinen, you need to keep him with coil to add some skill on that line to complement those two rather than kind of, uh, subtracting from that. So yeah, that's kind of the status uh, an update on the Bruins third line and where they stand with Krug. Um, Richie was scratched from uh, the game in Colorado. Uh, Back is played on the third line and uh, Joachim Nordstrom made his season debut on the fourth line alongside Wagner and Corrali. Um, we'll see if maybe Par Lindholm gets a look on the third line without maybe Bacchus and uh, Richie, maybe them give them some time to take a look at the game from the press box together and see if Lindholm can maybe hang with, uh, with Coyle and Heinen. Just, uh, just an idea there. We'll see how things shake out for Saturday night's game against the Devils and if uh, Bruce Cassidy makes any changes from there. That's today's show. Uh, folks, thanks for tuning in once again. This is the end of our second week, and I just want to thank everyone who has taken the time to listen to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, anyone who has um, yeah, taken the time to download, subscribe, rate, and review. It really means a lot. Uh, again, my name is Ian McLaren. You can find me on Twitter at ENC McLaren. You can find the show at Locked On no, sorry, at LO underscore Boston Bruins. Uh, find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. I'll be sharing it on Twitter uh, with the megaphone link. But anywhere that you listen, please do download, rate, and review. Uh, it really helps to uh, get the show out there and to uh, boost our profile 
Please tell all your Bruins-loving friends and family members about the podcast as well. And I will talk to you all again on Monday. Take care, friends. Have a great weekend. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Columbus Day. Catch you later.